and welcome back to Black Archives Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are here to discuss Southland Season 2, Episode 4, entitled The Runner, written by Diana Sun, directed by Guy Fairland. I gave this episode a 10 out of 10, another great outing. You definitely see the turning point of, oh, this show is good. This show is real good. <laughs> and uh, the character breakdown or I should say exploration deepening further between John and Ben is just really strong. And then having the detectives finally work together, all four of our detectives on one particular case, that was very nice to see as well. Just a really well-paced, well-written episode. Before we jump into the recap, Wherever you're listening to this podcast, Stitcher, iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, Amazon, go down to the rating section, drop some stars, leave a review. My social media will be there as well. Remember to like, share, and subscribe. And if you want to send feedback for Southland or any of the other shows that I do, you can send that to blackercouch at gmail.com. Now let's on to this episode. How do we want to break this down? I think we're going to talk about, since we ended there, the John and Ben stuff first, and then it's just the case. And I like that we shifted only between these two story arcs because it it allowed a lot of focus on the characters. Uh, ben and John are going to visit Dewey in rehab. And while they're down there visiting... John is also going to the funeral of one of his former partners in Indian Wells. John tells him this is your only chance to to get out of the funeral. (laughs) But Ben's like, no, I'm good. They get to the rehab place where Dewey is in sandals, shorts. This is how you do rehab or what they call the farm when you are on a high paid pension. I got pants in the coop, bustin' at the roof. I got pants in the coop, touch me, I'll shoot, bash. Seriously, it makes me sick. <laughs> I'm not saying that these places do not offer some of the same type of services that other places do. They just are afforded a more luxurious pad in which to do it. But it also kind of feels like feeding people bullshit that they regurgitate and spit out to you. And I, I mean, I, it doesn't feel ever sincere to me because maybe I've been around a lot of addicts in my life that I feel this way when people begin to tell you or ask you you know tell me how my feelings are you start to go overly into what you have been told and you're just repeating uh the the rhetoric it doesn't feel sincere it feels very rehearsed and you're trying to convince yourself versus actually confronting some pain and we didn't see that maybe Dewey had that journey but just from the passing viewpoint that we got into Dewey's rehab, I don't feel that way. He then um, then invites them, well, <laughs> to have a conversation. For <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with him that he thought it was going to be okay 
to tell john to punch him because john stood up like sit down dewey sit down oh don't do it yeah yeah oh my god he's like i'm gonna go get some coffee you want some coffee because i think you need some coffee <laughs> he also tells them to ask how many how much alcohol he was drinking a day on the job and ben doesn't know what to do so he's kind of you know when john gives that stare that death glare stare at you <laughs> he's like oh hold on now dad's pissed off dad's pissed off <laughs> but he tells them yeah i was uh drinking about 10 beers just in the morning i would wake up shaking i would need that just to keep going but i was doing about 30 a day he's like you were doing 30 fucking on the job are you out of your fucking mind and on the way down there he was telling uh ben that dewey used to be a really great officer like he wasn't anyone that like everyone agrees his personality is not well this one person actually said they missed him liar liar whore liar whore and you know it but yeah there's not anyone even the guy that he he the the celebrity was looking at him like dude you're fucking abrasive and <laughs> and he was a complete asshole and dewey out asked his assholicism that's not a word but it's now it now is um <laughs> i started early today <laughs> my apologies uh on the way down ben asked like so how did your friend die was he sick no did he die in the line of duty no did he die while on a vacation no did he die while crossing the street you know something no soup for you I love how John just drops conversation. <laughs> he drops conversations and bombs. These two things he drops on Ben all the time. <laughs> and he admires him so much. You can tell that John just, uh, Ben loves John and respects him. Even when he sees the way that he, he makes Dewey cower. He's kind of looking at him like, Yeah, in case I didn't mention before, I shipped their friendship so hard. So hard. Uh, then they go to the, well, first, they go to the the meeting, which I didn't even know you could bring friends into an AA meeting, but good to know, good to know. And the one guy's like, I'm an alcoholic. And I was like, no, you're also a yoga teacher. You have no training whatsoever. You don't look like you have any training it looks like this is some alternative medicine bullshit and i'm not here for it <laughs> i guess a yoga teacher can also be an alcoholic but this also just continued to to go into my suspicions about this place so dewey says the same thing and he says well i want to thank my my friend here john because he saved my life if it wasn't for him telling my partner to turn me in, which sounded so much like a backhanded compliment coming out of his mouth. 
uh, you know, he wouldn't have gotten the help that he needed. So he's like, thank you. <laughs> Josh just looks at him. Shut up. I have to go. But if I find one single dog hair when I get back, I'll rub sand in your dead little eyes. Oh, icing on the cake or cherry on top was just John's absolute and utter uncomfortableness, but trying to be okay with the uncomfortableness of it all. <laughs> this is so awkward. I have been in this uncomfortable position so many times that it hit home. I'm just like, oh my God, I can't believe this is my life right now. Like, I'm trying to be supportive, but I'm also just super, super uncomfortable. Like, now you want to talk about feelings? Ew. <laughs> I don't want to talk about my feelings. I don't want to hear you telling me. And you're just like, uh-huh. And people do it to me all the time. All the time. My friend Amelia told me, she's like, yeah, people just, I could definitely see that. I find myself doing the same thing. <laughs> you're a really good listener <laughs> and I'm like but some of this I didn't ask for and now I'm being pulled between I don't want to be here and also <sighs> it's just part of me my personality that I will because I want people to be happy <laughs> and I want to help Oh, that's the advocate in me. Um, so then they leave and, well, no, I keep forgetting the one parts or the one part where he was in the bathroom and he was trying, he was changing into the military off, uh, outfit that they wear to funerals and Dewey's like right outside his stall like can I talk to you man <laughs> he's like hold on hold on let me let me put my dick in my pants first before <laughs> you talk about some serious shit like how you stopped me from frisking a guy and on his first day he had to shoot someone which is pretty heavy for anybody's first day and that's on him and I love how he added because he's Dewey like, you know, maybe that wouldn't have happened and maybe you hadn't shut him, shot him even though he fucking deserved to get shot. <laughs> he deserved to die. But, you know, the whole thing wouldn't have happened if, you know, I did my job or allowed you to do your job. And thus, he's like, I'm trying to make amends. He's like, uh, I don't know what to say. So it's all good and I accept. Well, it's not like I ask you to marry me <laughs> that was funny then as they're leaving that's when john says he went from 30 beers a day to 30 cups of coffee a day like addiction is addiction he's not he's not curing himself he's just replacing one with the other and that is exactly what i mean he summed it up so beautifully and that's also brilliant writing because that is the difference between someone who's actually trying to get better and someone who's pretending like they're trying to get better. Then we go to the funeral <laughs> where Ben is once again put in an awkward position of what the heck is going 
all around here. The widow of the man that died of his former partner and friend looks at him. His wife is there. He did tell him that his ex-wife was going to be there. <laughs> He'll meet her. Uh, also, I forgot to mention in the Dewey part that um, what's her face? Chicky, cheeky, chicky, chicka, chick, chicky, cheeky, cheeky will not come to get the amends that she is owed because her life is the living hell because of it now. And now she realizes <laughs> that she's been the crux holding a crutch holding him up. And he admits that that crutch has been on for five or six years, which explains everything about why she lost, uh, why Stella lost her groove and she got to get it back. And she can't do it if she allows herself to be sucked back into that, into that, uh, the tunnel, that tornado that is Cyclone. That is Dewey. So I look around, the funeral starts, and there's a man in the back, and he is already profusely crying more than anyone else. Uh, everyone else, they have quiet, silent, actually no one's crying at all. John is not even looking over at this man. And Ben's like, I have questions. <laughs> they end up meeting or uh, introducing themselves to the widow john checks on the children uh then he introduces ben to his wife uh his wife drops all of the beans like yeah he killed himself say what his wife is very distressed because you know how does one explain that to their children and she also says that went as well as it could have went because ben once again sees that strange guy that no one else is acknowledging who is still sobbing in true sorrow and i have not had a answer to that question yet and no one seems to be addressing this not to mention you didn't tell me that your friend committed suicide <laughs> that is a pretty big deal he goes do you know why and then in perfect john fashion just walks away <laughs> then in the car ride he's uh is basically like so that went well uh-huh your wife's nice yes she is and then john just puts it out there that they used to double date him and his wife and the uh the friend and his wife and then after he and his wife that were together for five years broke up they used to see each other in gay bars but his friend did not acknowledge him until a few years later he just decided to pick up his wife and move to a different town and have children and make himself miserable in the process because he was hiding from who he truly was versus clearly john who decided not to hide or continue the lie of who he truly was and it is his first indication of his sexuality or sexual orientation to ben and he ends it with anyway 
and uh ben takes it in strides it's a long day hell yes it is i really like the character work that was portrayed through all three characters even dewey though he annoys the living shit out of me the actor plays him to perfection because you there are people out there that are just like that right and he's not he's doing exactly his job if he does exactly what you are meant to feel with such a character so all three gentlemen knocked it out of the park in their scenes together uh the other big story arc or the other you know story arc of the episode is lydia showing up to a crime scene where nicole a sula student and track star was murdered with a new partner named ray suarez played by one clifton collins jr i knew this coming and that's why i was laughing last episode when mimi or not mimi shy was like oh i really like the dynamic between this partnership i was like oh shit <laughs> she's gonna be so surprised when she realizes that it's temporary look long story short this show and nbc were very much not um well at the time it felt like nbc was not putting as much effort into the series as the series was you know worth the writing was good uh the story was good but you know how things are too real on tv like the expanse it only has a niche type of following and not a bigger following because it's too much too real uh too raw um for people to take in or just too smart one or the other um and thus it didn't get the audience that it deserved and nbc wasn't trying to really replace and i believe at this time john everett scott got cast in a different show um i want to say it's z nation but i could be totally off uh so they didn't you know they lost him halfway through because they weren't you know signing people's contracts because they really weren't sure pretty much it was on the bubble what they wanted to do for season three and they ended up canceling it after season two and tnt picked it up for season three um so that's why you have a little bit of a disconnect particularly in um the loss of tom ever scott playing the character of uh of him because i know i you know what it's not just that i think there was something else no i don't think he was um no 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 no. i think i'm thinking of something else because i'm pretty sure um he's still in this season so i don't know i feel like i'm half right but i probably have some of the details um mixed up but i do know that they like it was kind of part-time i think maybe that's what i'm thinking it was part-time that they had people on 
for which episodes like they only paid so much to have an actor in this episode this episode that episode um i think that makes more sense rings more of a bell i guess i could just look into it i'll look into it next episode but that's the reasoning why it's <laughs> it's different <laughs> um and to be fair to nbc it did lose its ratings in season two significantly however um this was always a more of a critically acclaimed show than a ratings type of show so that's why nbc dropped it whereas tnt they prefer the critically acclaimed versus the 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 huge rating drawing that everybody in the family can watch type of shows that nbc tends to put on television uh it works for them can't can't lie i mean they dominate i'm pretty sure other than i think fox maybe went down but i feel like nbc does pretty well but don't quote me on it let's get back to this episode (laughs) because we got on a little bit of a tangent so they go to the crime scene uh she looks like she is a little bit of a crack baby and she was shot in the back of the head this is a neighborhood that lydia is very familiar with because she grew up around here there was a lady that they stopped because nate is there as well and they're looking for wheezy the woman is in a yard that um that was not where she came from she came from a party around the corner at Weezy's house. So they go to talk to Weezy, Nate and Sammy. And then Lydia fi- uh, is giving the girl's wallet or her purse that has her school ID in there. Uh, she realizes that she goes to USCA, you know, that place. And <laughs> Sula, let's just call it Sula. There we go. She goes to Sula. Uh, she's sad and that's how it starts like detective lydia has seen some cases that are just the same story she knows the story very well um she then goes to give the notification to the family the dad like the mom starts to gush over the the daughters that they have and how they're track stars and this that and the other thing and dad's kind of like you did not show up at my door to chit chat and that's when very bluntly lydia tells them nicole is dead then she immediately starts asking questions <laughs> and i was thinking like damn girl you do just be going in but she's got a job to do she probably does this so much and so often it's like there's no point in trying to tiptoe around it the quicker i get what i need the quicker i can allow you that time to grieve uh privately so she asked um why she was in the neighborhood or he asked where was she found they say on some street that i can no longer quote and he's like usually they don't come and hang in this neighborhood the girls don't because people envy the fact that they are successful which that mm, mm, i was talking to that black dude at the hospital so they also begin to look for possible victims as they get to the house to Weezy's house because they found shell casings 
uh they also see people stealing shit they try to stop them they go into the house everybody is so passed out that they don't know people are just walking through the house they go in wheezy's room and they take the mattress and throw him out of bed and they're like a girl was shot in front of your place i don't know nothing about that um so did you know her no i didn't even know that bitch (laughs) i just heard about it (laughs) what then his grandma comes in and she's like uh is he in trouble no ma'am does he need to be answering your questions no man get the fuck out of my house lydia say you find out anything he loves his grandma (laughs) so they're gonna go to the hospital to see if anybody knows anything about the shooting or maybe connected to the shooting lydia uh oh the one dude (laughs) because the other two i always forget their names i don't know i i call them mutt and jeff uh the other two that always accompanies um nate and sammy i I, for the life of me can never remember their names but they're talking to that one lady like lady did you hear anything did you see or see anything yeah and it's like did you hear the gunshots she's like gunshots in this neighborhood i just get earplugs i love how they juxtapose that with after the notification lydia gives to the family them going out and she's talking about how she grew up here and how there was the line that you shouldn't cross and then they hear gunshots and they're not even a fucking alarm they're just like yeah they're shot fired over here we're not responding (laughs) this is not our business this is for the other people but then they uh went up to that one lady and she said see no evil hear no evil do no evil that's the one thing the bible taught me and the one dude was like actually see no evil hear no evil speak no evil and it's buddhist get out of here you meanie lydia goes to the school uh because she's very very hard on nicole like this girl had everything and she blew it she had a free scholarship um and her partner ray asks are you always this hard on the victims she says that you know her parents worked very hard to get her to where she was so that she didn't have to you know be stuck in the ghetto and being a part of that life so to throw it all away and for a boy at that yeah she does have multiple layers of feelings towards it because there's all those emotions that are involved in what she has done i'm about to go smack my child i don't know why she's so loud like there's just no reason (laughs) to be so loud what is she yelling at anyway nobody in there with her but lydia then goes to the college with him and they find out that 
her boyfriend, which is a popular football player named, what was his name? I just wanted to, I just, the whole time I just said, you bitch ass. That's <laughs> what I called him the whole entire time. I was like, ooh, I hate this. I hate it. But he knows all about it, right? Saying that they own dealerships. The girl that had the sexual or had the assault charge on her dropped the charges. Of course she did because she's probably running a, driving around in a new Cadillac. Um, They go and get the address from the dean because she's like, I don't think you're understanding me. She's like, bitch, I understand white talk all the way. I, I get it. I know white speak. I don't want to fucking hear it. So either I speak to him at his address uh not the one that you are pretending that he lives in or i pull him off on saturday's game and question him talking about you got the times on the other line for real and (laughs) ray comes out and says we don't even have any he's not even a suspect she's like i got the address didn't i damn it feels good to be a gangster a real gangsta-ass nigga plays his cards right. A real gangsta-ass nigga never runs his fucking mouth because real gangsta-ass niggas don't start fights. They go to his address. He got all his boys around. Why is that? Why is that? Oh, that is the worst thing. The worst thing. Why do people need entourages? A, there are nothing but hangers-on. Uh, living off of your success pretty much trying to fucking ruin your success anyway because they hating on your career like they's not your friends your friends would be trying to help hold you up anybody trying to bring you down ain't your friends they really just mad at you because they don't want you to be better than they don't want you to prove otherwise because then that means that they didn't try fucking hard enough so why do y'all have these entourages of 15 fucking dudes that ain't even 80 don't even know you not in any form or capacity y'all just sitting around playing games and shit and he acting like he's harder than he is because he got a career now not thinking about what happens in fucking three years when you hit your knee wrong one time and you are forgotten like that everybody is good at some point and then they're forgotten (laughs) everybody ain't a legend just because you think you are like if anyone is still scoring just like you don't matter where the fuck you are you are not special oh i hate that about these uh these young athletes just throw a little bit of money at them and they're so easy especially young black athletes it's so easy to entice them into basically throwing a lot of shit away so that you can make somebody else a lot of white people a lot of money on your talent and you over here blowing everything that you got on fucking drugs and big screen tvs and nice little badass houses that you don't fucking need just go to fucking school (laughs) you got a free scholarship and all you thinking about is that it's such a waste it's sad to see but i feel like it's preyed upon it's also preyed upon so you got to be smarter and the people around you got to be smarter ain't nobody seem to be that smart around him unfortunately but it is what it is and he is what he is which is a punk ass bitch the whole entire time to my dump that hoe 
um she's pregnant with his baby <laughs> and even though they did not tie him to the murder it pretty much is ain't nobody yo yo dude uh, unless he stole from her oh wait that's right never mind it was a drug thing <laughs> he just knew her in the drug business got it he really wasn't he just nothing more than a punk ass bitch and uh little mr no like the school gonna send him an attorney she said who asked uh we just do this and that's when ray when they was leaving the school ray asked like one minute you blaming the victim now you cursing out people talking about how the school should have protected her and she says look when we drove by here this was like buckingham palace you can look but you can't ever get in or you're never gonna get in and once you get in though you are expected and should be given the same amount of protection as everyone else up in here if you're a part of the elite then you get the elite shit if you work that hard for it right so you get the perks even if you even if you are in the wrong just as much as everybody else is so that's how she feels she's like i just don't like the line and the bullshit <laughs> i don't like the hypocrisy of it all i know what it is uh i can i can get behind it but everyone should be treated the same then and that's when he said you're a fascinating woman this whole entire episode he was pretty much just co-signing how fucking awesome she was you the fucking best you the fucking best so they try to talk to the dad about the pregnancy but they're making funeral arrangements and he's not trying to hear it she's like yo daughter was a crackhead no she wasn't she didn't do drugs yes she did no she wasn't don't you tell me what my daughter is but she was <laughs> Lydia is like i don't understand like uh the truth is the truth just because you don't want to accept it don't mean it ain't the truth and that's when <laughs> ray asked once again like i'm trying to figure you out girl because you ain't blamed everybody now and she's like yeah because everybody is at fault <laughs> and i know all about this and it is even worse that she didn't even want to run because they talked to the sister who admits that everybody knew everybody in the family knew that she did drugs everybody knew that she wasn't about the right life i ain't talked to her in a month and a half i wasn't the sister that i could have been but we weren't close and i was successful and my dad pushed my other sister or nicole to be just as successful and you know it was too much it was too much stress for her she broke under that type of stress and she says you don't get it i only won the bronze and basically it wasn't good enough <laughs> so living under that type of pressure of course a girl would break under that so it is a, a little bit of blame goes all around is where she's getting at and she who ran herself in track she knows when she runs is not something that's a chore and he says yeah but for nicole it was but maybe in lydia's mind she would have learned to love it if she hadn't been put so much pressure on her they then uh because nate and sammy they drive to see cisco i remember his name because cisco cisco gives them dirt but wait no 
first they go i forgot their little journey because it was there was one scene that was hysterical uh first sammy tries to talk shit about gil like i'm happy not to be cooped up with that loud mouth oh gil's all right and he gives him a look like you're you're not gonna you're not gonna co-sign with me on this huh then they go see a little banger who should and not even a little banger he's just rolling around it's like i got a substitute teacher that's why i ain't in school so i skipped and then he said they asked him do they know anything and i'm like why do cops do that like nobody likes to snitch so why do you act like why can't you approach people like when they ain't got nobody around or shit give them a text or phone i don't know but they go up to the kid and he's like put me in cuffs make it look good he's like you ain't even a banger i just need street cred so they start to hem him up put him in the car he gives up the information that k-dog is the one that is responsible for the hit cisco or then i get the the funny scene where the woman runs out and she's like officer officer i need some help there's ho- every time i come home from work there's hoes in my house who letting them in my husband that shit sent me sent me i was laughing so hard (laughs) she was so serious too (laughs) officer officer i need some help (laughs) some holes in my house (laughs) oh 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 that was funny that was that was really funny so then cisco gives up k-dog exactly where he is tell him tells him that he has a gun in the baby stroller they find him he runs he actually got a baby in the stroller talking about it's his baby brother and my mama gonna be mad (laughs) her son ain't home like you ain't got other and that's that's his that's funny that even though this dude is out with a gun right uh shot at a woman because someone told him to do so because he has little little bangers to do things for him is more afraid of his mama than going to jail for the attempted murder that he admitted to with no problem (laughs) kids that's why lydia is looking at him like jesus christ uh so yeah he's like cisco didn't say that cisco told us where to find you well cisco told me to smoke the bitch (laughs) except you know i shot at her leg and i missed so that means of course that cisco shot her in the head and finished the damn job plus there was a photo that they was out at a possible party party when they supposedly was all together so ain't no alibi coming his way anytime soon and thus kind of wraps up the case um they then and i like the way they just sometimes they just let things you don't need to see everything fall into place you know logically if cisco lied and set this kid up that it was cisco that killed her um 
he probably most likely did it on behalf of but there's no connection to that and basically the captain told him to drop the case oh my goodness every time lydia and that white bitch get together the nancy grace <laughs> she can't even help herself everybody else in the room is just like oh they start just they they just give their uncomfortable but they give their case and lydia comes in what are you doing here <laughs> well in case you didn't know because she saw all the news fans and she's like i know they're gonna make this about a black uh, student being killed by crime to try to hype up their papers and she's like yeah when i saw the news fans i thought a white little girl lost the puppy oh no he didn't ray had to take a sip of his coffee <laughs> to hide his chuckles the other three was looking like did she just say that was so <laughs> she's like i got no time <laughs> we know each other well and i love that her boss just doesn't even like i can't contain her like you should know this is coming if you want in on this you gotta know what you about to get it you know you're gonna get clapped on they do humor so well with the more seriousness of the the cases because unfortunately the dad had to get arrested too because he showed up at the the dude's house with a gun ready to kill him and unfortunately the daughter had to call and be like i'm trying to stop him and it's better that she stopped him before he committed the crime than when he committed the crime then he gonna say this is embarrassing me she's like you should have thought about that before you picked up a fucking gun what did you think was gonna happen then he breaks down he's like i just want my daughter back because he was in denial about everything and at the end of the episode as ray says uh, long day partners do it again tomorrow she's looking at the photos of the girl and she ends up calling her mama in france and pretty much thanking her for all the sacrifices even though she resented them because she does appreciate it and she says now how was france i thought that was beautiful so i think i covered all of the bases in the episode i'm pretty sure but if i'm missing anything we'll get it in the feedback very very strong um season two and i, I remember this is yeah definitely when i was really falling in love with the show we do have feedback from our queen shy so let's hear what she felt about episode four <laughs> Christina it's me shy I am here to get my feedback for Southland episode don't remember <laughs> is it five I think it's five four or five whatever I don't remember um sorry uh, but yeah this one was um this one was a uh oh first of all I mean this was an interesting episode um for many reasons because my number one thing is, am I not supposed to notice that uh, Lydia has a new partner and then they just switched? I mean, we, we had Kadero one episode and then this Ray dude the next episode and no mention of what happened to Kadero. I mean, I was just, you know, talking about how I loved Lydia and Cordero's dynamic. I mean, they had this great back and forth. 
and then he's gone and it's like they didn't even mention him and so I'm like am I did I miss that episode so I'm kind of confused right now (laughs) to be honest and so I was yeah that's all I was thinking like I mean I was with the story but then I'm like in the back of my mind I'm like did I skip an episode did I not see an episode where something happened to him he left he got killed I mean because it's literally nothing it was like he was just there Ray so um I'm gonna have to take a look before I send this feedback because I'm like maybe I, I, I watched the wrong episode um anyways um as for this one yes we got Natalie I think that's what her name is crackhead Natalie who had this bright future and just threw it all away, got into drugs, following the wrong crowd, hanging out with douche Tyler, um, and then just going, letting the pressure, you know, having the pressure of your dad, you know, having this, you know, what you believe is his perfect older sister and trying to live up to these expectations. The pressure is too intense. He can't handle it. And so, I mean, when she, I mean, she, and it, and that's typical of drug addicts. It's like those of, especially when the hardcore drugs, it's like when your life, when you get into that and that's, and that stuff hooks you, your whole life is just not important. You, that become your whole life, getting drugs, getting your next fix. So doesn't matter about friends, doesn't matter about um, school, track, all the stuff that she was being praised for and all that stuff. It just went out the window um, as soon as she and I'm like, you know, when they were talking about that, like, no parents were some serious. We're talking some deep denial, which is typical as well. I mean, I've seen it happen uh, quite a few times in my own family. It's like you don't want to go like your mind. Your, I mean, that's what denial is. You just your mind just it's like a you sometimes you just want to protect yourself from reality, from hurt, from disappointment. And so and then since and it could be to the detriment of yourself or the relationship. And in this case, you know, there's such deep denial that they can't even try to help or intervene because they don't want to acknowledge what's going on with their daughter and in this case I mean she's not even in school she's not on the track team I mean it's like it's been a month and a half since you've seen her I mean and that's and that doesn't worry you I mean again depending on what your relationship was before that so if your relationship was tight uh, which is debatable I feel like I mean I, I wouldn't when I say well, if you saw her every day and or you talked to her every week and then all of a sudden it's been a month and a half. And, uh, of course, the sister, she kept it real. She's like, yeah, we knew she was on drugs. Um, so, yeah, she wasn't she wasn't pulling any punches in that regard. And so, of course, Tyler is that typical college athlete that, you know, colleges you know they don't affect their bottom line as long as you you know producing on the field they turn the other cheek to a lot of your you know shenanigans and stuff that you're doing and a lot of times it's for those that are like that it's illegal stuff rape 
stealing, gang, you know, it's like they set you up in this situation um, on the DL uh, because they got NCAA rules. I don't know if that still applies, but I know that was a big thing. You can't get monetary benefits from your college athletic career. So, yeah, they do little things like that, set them up in apartments. Of course, that's still against NCAA rules, but whatever. Unless that's changed in recent times. I haven't been following college uh, sports in quite a while. Then we find out is K-Dog. And I'm like, <laughs> well, uh, okay. I mean, how, how, how dumb are you? Why would you, as... <laughs> And I guess that's the whole point. You know, criminals, they think they're so smart. But of all the people, you you got all these, all your boys. Why would you pick someone that, you know, didn't even take much for him to rat you out? And so it's like, you know, I mean, it, they, what, they, oh, he's not the sharpest tool in the shed. Let's just put it that way. So he just flipped on him real quick. Like, he yeah, uh, whatever. It's Cisco said this, and then what? That's not true. Hey, this is what happened. Like really? See, that's what happens when you, you. It's like why? Why would you pick a kid to do that? Um, you got all these more um, veteran or seasoned killers, and you would pick some kid that didn't know what the heck they were doing. So I thought that was silly. Then we got Dewey's story. I'm not going to lie. For, when I first saw this story, I mean, was seeing, watching the story play out, I was not about that life. I was like, I am not trying to hear, see Dewey. I don't, Dewey's annoying, blah, blah, blah. But I will say, I actually thought it wasn't bad. I, you know, originally, at first, it was a bit much because I'm not a Dewey fan. Um, but I like where it went um of course you know the 12 steps you you know trying to do the steps and it was one of the steps i can't remember i used to know all these steps but i I can't remember making amends is one of the steps i don't know which one it was um used to know all that stuff by heart but yeah um so yeah i thought (laughs) i thought it was funny that cooper (laughs) they were in the little group uh session and you know, he was talking these great things about Cooper and they looked at him and they just cut, <laughs> cut away. <laughs> Cooper was like, oh, my gosh. But um, but yeah, we see, you know, I mean, Dewey was Dewey was tolerable, you know, in some parts of on some scenes. He was tolerable. So I'll give him that. Um, so, yeah, when he was talking about 30 beers and I'm like, how are you alive, dude? How did you not get alcohol poisoning? How how I mean, how did you function for five to six years? That's a long time to be. I know there's functioning alcoholics, but 30 beers, half a gallon of vodka. I'm like, dude, I mean... <laughs> That's crazy. And and as a cop and the you know the decision making that you have to be able to do and the judgment oh my gosh and it's in 5 to 6 years he was showing up drunk to the to the job. Oh, anyway, horror, the horror. 
Oh, I forgot to mention that grandma when um Sammy and Nate went in there to talk to uh Wheezy. Uh, I cracked up. I was busting out laughing when she said <laughs> when she's like, uh, does he have to say like someone does he have to say anything? And they're like, No, ma'am. He's like, then get out. <laughs> so thought that was funny. Um, then the woman's like, oh, yeah, just like the Bible. That's the only thing I got from the Bible. See no evil, hear no evil, do no evil. He's like, uh, no, that's Buddhist. And it's see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil, ma'am. <laughs> like, that was funny, too. Um, anyway, I think that's all I have for this one. Um, so, yeah, it's a really, you know, pretty good episode. Um, yeah. I think that's it. On that note, until next time, much love, peace, and Black Girl Magic, Queen of the Couch, Shine. That was Queen Shy with her thoughts on the episode. I really wanted to hear your thoughts about John and that storyline. Seven days a week. But I didn't get your thoughts, so you're going to have to tell me offline how you felt about that particular part of the episode. Uh, you talked about the Dewey part. And I was like, that was kind of the bump. I like the rest of it a lot more. Um, in regards to the <laughs> I knew he was going to say something when he was changed which was why I was laughing last episode uh, I knew something was going on I just didn't know what so I did look it up uh, It from from September of 2009 Amaro Nalasco has exited Southland after filming three episodes and will be replaced by Clifton Collins according to the Halloween Reporter Nolasco signed on to the Gritty Cop drama as a regular last month to play the aggressive new partner. No reason has been given for his departure. So it just seems as if it didn't work out. Um, I can't wait. What's the actor's name? Let me see if maybe um, there was something that came out afterwards about that, uh, about why he left. My guess is probably it didn't work out for whatever reason. <laughs> um, yeah, let me get that episode. Uh, oh, he was put in as a guest starring role. Uh, I think that he probably left. He says, Nalasco did not return when the show was picked up and renewed by TNT. Basically, he knew it was going to be canceled and got out before it could be canceled. So, there. <laughs> that explains that. Uh, and it's sad. It's sad. He just, he, he uh, pimply, uh, apparently abruptly left the show. And that's when they were told that the show was being canceled. Wow. So, that makes him the person that fucked that all up in your life. So, there you go answer to your question <laughs> which is why they didn't have any mention to a mention of him it happened so out of they probably had to quickly and when you're filming especially when you just get picked up uh you know after the because this is technically in the first season even though it says season two it's technically uh the same one was in the fall one was in the the, the spring or the summer one or the other on nbc but they're filming as they go kind of like with the flash like you only get so many episodes and then they're still filming so yeah that must have been an abrupt 
very hard situation and yeah not addressing it was just the decision they made back to the story about nicole yeah she did steal from her one friend she's like she had my jewelry and shit i told her to get the fuck out which i guess i should have understood but how much can you understand see i i again i i'm (laughs) have plenty of addicts in my family and i know there's only so much you can do there's only so much before you have to for your own safety and sanity cut them off uh in a way and i know some people don't believe in that but that's what i believe in otherwise they're just gonna poison your well um it's not to say that hey if i can do something that doesn't poison my well to help you but sometimes yeah it's just like i'm not gonna enable you the more i enable you the more you're just gonna keep doing it so i was talking about black envy because i didn't really bring it up but that the guy in the hospital that was shot in the back he's like yeah i just got shot standing next to the bitch and then he's like her and her sister they're all so good well they ain't nothing special about them that black envy is real um and yes my ex was a functioning alcoholic they drink a lot like the first thing in the morning before they brushed it he brushed his teeth he would have tequila not tequila um vodka in a cup of orange juice like what the fuck (laughs) he had to have the alcoholic baileys for his coffee so yeah and then he'd go to work granted he was a dispatcher not a anything like a cop but those functional alcoholics they they can put a lot back and the thing of it is the it's it's like any other drug the more you take of it the more you need to actually get a high uh so the more you drink the more you need to drink to get drunk and that's why that number gets so significantly higher uh i think that's covering all the basis in the episode like i said i want to hear what you have to say about um about the john uh reveal to ben so i thought that was a big part of the episode so if you want to send feedback for our next episode blackhawkhouch at gmail.com you can also leave a comment below my social media will be there as well remember to like share and subscribe until the next time peace hair grease and blacker magic